When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. Order online and pick up at your local store. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Keep in mind, this is love. Deep love. How come you're not calling me? How come you're not texting me? Are you ignoring me? What the hell kind of a person are you? This isn't right. You know what? I'm going to make you pay. You're going to pay. You're going to pay for everything you've done. I will not let you get away with this. Some of the many things that I hope none of you have the pleasure to hear. But I know plenty of you probably have gone through it. And today we're going to look at it because... Welcome to the J-Man Show here on... J360 Radio. What's going on, J360 Legion? It is time for episode 73. You know, the episode you've all been waiting at least 48 hours for. And we are continuing on in the Monster Fest tradition from here from here till November 6th. So we're going to be looking into horror elements, and we're going to be talking about monster movies. We're going to be talking about the craziest things that people do, because sometimes people are the worst monsters of all. Not saying that we are. But we have tendencies to do some very screwed up things. And just like what you've heard in the cold open, I hope I didn't trigger any of you. Because, see, if some of you are going through traumatic moments, which some of you might be, I apologize in advance, but you knew last episode I was going to delve into the mind of some of the most god-awful scary things, (laughs) such as stalkers. Now... We all know that it's not fair to label anybody on anything, but if it is what it is, it kind of is. If somebody's there and it's unwanted attention or attraction or any of this stuff, even if you tried your darndest to go ahead and say, you know, I'm just not interested, but they don't get the point. So they keep on, keep on, and keep on until it's emotionally draining you and you're pushing away people that could help you or you feel as though that, you know, you have no control of your life anymore because this person just came out of nowhere and probably wrecked it. Now, you see, sometimes stalking can come in the form of, you know, misunderstand, poor communication, horrible um, social interactions. It can come through so many different forms like that. But you see, the thing is, sometimes a stalker will act as though that they are the victim instead of the person causing the problem. Now, keep in mind, a lot of people have a hard time associating with their peers. I had it at one time, but I never went to that level. You see what I'm saying? Like, when I knew that I had a hard time associating with my peers, you know, I started to go into different activities. I started to find my passion for things. I started to, you know, communicate on the level of what is good to me in order to attract people who were into the same stuff just about. And then I started broadening the scope and I started being more objective instead of, you know, what's what's the opposite of objective? You know, judgmental. Yeah, let's just go with that. But you see, there are people out there who have not done this sort of thing and not realized their own weaknesses. You know, it's like some people will say, well, why don't they accept me? How come they don't see me for who I am? Oh, what, they're going to go ahead and say stuff about me? They're going to go ahead and do these things about me? They're going to call me out on this? You know, them ass... 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. The you a-holes, stuff like that, you know. Oh, oh, you're going to say that about me, huh? I'm going to get you for that. You're going to pay for everything you've done. Yeah, oh, you led me on, did you? Uh-huh. See, who, who's Stan, huh? Who's Stan? What, you've been dating him for four years? What does that matter? I wanted you. I will have you. And, of course, cue the eye twitch, because this is already a show and y'all can't see it. But, you see, some people go like that because they feel their indignation and their reputation was shattered. Like, some people, when they look at, like, say, like, they look at the most beautiful man or woman, and they'll say, you know, I want to get to know that person. And because that person showed a kind gesture of sorts, you see, and that's something that that other person probably never had or never anticipated getting... Then all of a sudden they start being there in their lives. They start saying, hey, you know what? Instead of letting time carry on and develop this sort of thing, I'm going to go ahead and throw all my cards on the table and I'm going to try to build some sort of a life here. And then you look at it and you're like, well, because they're not seeing it from the other person. They're seeing it from their perspective. You know what I'm saying? And you see the other person's probably like, well, this is so much for me to process, and I already got other things to take care of, other responsibilities. I mean, I'm just being nice, and I don't really know you that well. You know, eventually, maybe we could get to that level, but you kind of need to backpedal it a little bit and just ease down. And you see, it's already uncomfortable at this point, because the other person, you know, they, they want all this stuff now for some reason, and then the one person that is the stalky is probably thinking, hey, maybe I can just quell this down, maybe rationalize it, get it done. But, you know, not everybody's brain operates on the same frequency. Not everybody's whole idealism is able to be defined and such. You know, believe it or not, it's just sad how it gets to that level. And you see, some people cannot handle rejection no matter what you do. And a good example of that would be... I would say misery, but then again, she was so obsessed with the man's writing and stuff like that, but we'll we'll look into that a little bit later. After all, she was so obsessed, I mean, hell, she caused the same damn accident <laughs> for that guy. And then there's times where stalking can be as an act of um, retribution for, like, somebody else losing a life, which what Re- Rebecca De Mornay went through, because remember, and the hand that rocks the cradle, she was a woman married to a doctor that would sexually assault his patients. And you see, as soon as as soon as soon her husband got found out, his private practice was closed. She lost her financial standing, because I don't think she had a job in the movie, right? So she lost her financial standing, and she lost the baby she was miscarrying, whereas the woman that exposed the man for doing all the illicit things that he did, she was pregnant. And everything else. Like, she had her child and stuff like that. So what did Rebecca De Mornay do? Find out all the information about her. And go ahead and become her nanny for the, for the children she had. Because she had one other child, too. I'm going on memory from this movie. But you, you just never forget it when you see wild stuff like that. And then you see, like, after all the instances that happened, she was trying to rub that woman out of her family so that she could be the new mother and take over and everything else. And when that was going on, like, the woman was going crazy. She was wondering what was happening. And, you know, and Ernie Hudson played as the, um... Ernie Hudson played as the mentally handicapped handyman that was there. I know that's kind of redundant, but it was true. And I'm trying to not say the R word that we can't say anymore. But, you know, that's 
that's who was her only ally because he didn't trust her at all, but she didn't want to believe him because of his defect, you know, and it's just odd to see like all that stuff going on, but it actually is a lot more real than you think. Because some people, when they go ahead and they feel as though they've been wronged in some way, there's no diplomatic process for this. Like, sometimes they'll sit there and they'll be like, I'm going to find out everything about you, and then I'm going to use that against you. And I'm going to put you through some phys- some psychological torment to the point where, you know what, not even the best therapy can help you. And it's sad, too, because a lot of times that it happens, you know, in real life, because law, law enforcement has a hard time handling stalking cases. Like, there are times where they'll take the person, they'll put them under probation for a while, they'll take the person, they'll say, oh, well, we're going to go ahead and you keep filing the complaint, you finally got your restraining order, we're going to keep them away from you for a total of maybe um, 18 weeks or whatever, you know, depending on the circumstances. Uh, and if that person's around, just call us again and we'll get to you. See, let me tell you something. Unless you've been living under a rock, With the way traffic is and how delayed sometimes law enforcement can be, depending on the case, it takes them about five minutes to get there, where it takes about five seconds or less for somebody to take your life. And when you have a stalker that's on that verge and has finally found the way to taste the blood to go ahead and get you, that's when you kind of need to say, you know what, I'm going to choose one thing, life or death. And at that point, it's like, you are the stalker that has to go. Now, I'm not condoning that, but usually, from the cases that I've seen, that's usually how it goes, because sometimes these people, even even if they have done what they did to take you out, the truth is, is that they're, they're happy now. They're complacent. They finally got their peace of mind back because they did what they needed to do. You see what I'm saying? Even if they go to jail and all that kind of stuff, your family will be there, your friends will speak up on what a disgusting monster that person is. It, and they'll look at you and they'll be grinning because it doesn't matter at that point. The whole object of their discourse is gone, which I hope none of you are going through. But it's so sad that the fact that people on this scale here have to go through all these transformations of some kind, when at the same time you realize that certain crushes, like in the movie The Crush, they can't come together whether you want to or not, because... Alicia Silverstone was a 14-year-old girl. Kari Waves was like a 25-year-old journalist just trying to, you know, get his career together. He's trying to move into a new business. He finally meets up with a woman that accepts him for him. But you see, she didn't see it that way. (laughs) You see, Alicia Silverstone did not see it that way because, as a matter of fact, she was like, if I can't have you, nobody will. Even though she's 14 jailbait and pretty much could cause the man more discourse than he had in that whole movie. She deserved to get super punched at the end of that movie for all that she did. I mean, because the man was a tenant. He was trying to get his life together. And and because of a crazy crust that that could never happen, that could never even feasibly come together because nobody's going to wait that long for somebody, usually. Usually. Unless you got money. (laughs) And she, she not only made his life a living hell, made his girlfriend's life a living hell because she was allergic to wasp, and she led her out to an area where a wasp net was, and the wasp came and stung the poor woman. And she in the hospital trying to recover and stuff, whereas um, Kari Waves is trying to find... Well, I'm saying his name wrong, 
But look, the thing about it is he's going through his issues of trying to figure out what is happening. Where can he regain control? You see what I'm saying? Because if you let a stalker have control, and let me tell you something, they don't love you. They claim to love you. They love to control you. They want the benefit of what you have, which is what all the victims on these things tend to go through. They want to control every aspect. And I've seen that on that, it's not the movie called Unfriended, but it's based on something of Unfriended. Um, I think, what is it called? It's something about isolation. Either way, when you look at it from time to time, you'll realize that it's disproportionate retribution that these stalkers do to people. And you know, at that point, they have long since crossed over. They ain't worried about their well-being and stuff. They'll go ahead, they'll mark your name to their skin. They'll go ahead and try to use your friends against you. Try to go ahead and make all this stuff up. Probably make a Facebook page. Make it as accurate to your Facebook page. And go ahead and just go after everybody again. <laughs> because, see, a lot of people have so many friends, they don't check the list. So when they don't check the list, it's, it's crazy to see that somebody would pop right up that looks the same like your, you know, so-called best friend or whatnot, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I, I had some problems with my old profile, so I made a new one. You see little things like that. And it happens on Instagram all the time where people are making fake profiles of other people and just exploiting because they either, A, want the views that that person had or they want to be in that social circle or they just want to rub out the other person because their life, they didn't take the time to grow their life. And then sometimes just don't care. You know, it's like, and, you know, if you ever feel like a lot of you other creators out there that as the more popular you become, the more anxious you start to be, the more like there's a target on your back, like people are coming at you with different things. That's kind of true to it, too, because the more that you are achieving and succeeding in other things, the more that you're out there in the public domain. So the thing is, is that just about anybody who either identifies with you or doesn't see you on that same pattern as they are, but they claim they're a fan of yours claim they're a fan of yours and might be oh yeah you best guarantee that one of them is at least trying to stalk and keep up with you to the t after all that's how john lennon passed away well he, he didn't pass away is that, that hinkley was just sick man god i mean i mean just because the man went against the quote christian way and but then again, you know, that's a whole different aspect we can talk about regarding religion. And you see, some people are so tied to it, they think they're doing the right thing. It's just like when, you know, oh, so you changed your view on this? Oh, you just got married to somebody else? You didn't marry me? Oh, I'm going to have to do something about this. I'm going to have to get rid of the hypotenuse. And that's not, <laughs> you know, and as I speak this up, I mean, it's kind of hard. Is this even a comedy show at this point? Because all this stuff, while dank and crazy as can be, has real life basis to it. So that's why it was a little hard to make this episode. But you know, like, they just want control over somebody. They want to terrorize people. Sometimes it happens on out of nowhere. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't meet people. I shouldn't, I'm not saying that you shouldn't engage in social interaction. Now, that's entirely opposite. Matter of fact, that's part of the problem. Some of these people are so isolated and sheltered to the point when something new comes around and they are not willing to adapt. They can't handle it. You just have to just be aware of what goes on around you and just say, you know what? I'm going to have to keep an honor on this. I'm just going to have to say, all right, I know who I am. I know what links I go through. But you got to remember this. If you're the one being victimized, just say that your life is important and you're not going to let anything destroy your life. 
you know? Especially when it comes to other monsters out here. You have to preserve yourself, all right? And the ones you care about. Because this is what they want, to terrorize you. The fear, all that stuff, just ways to control you. And you see, going back to my earlier principle, you know, Kathy Bates wanted James Can to finish that book for her and also marry her. And the thing is, is that's why he, she kept drugging the man. She kept, you know, finding ways to torture the hell out of him. If it wasn't written in the way that she wanted to be written, oh, you know, he's getting drugged and beaten up again and stuff like that. And not to mention, he can't go nowhere because of what the hell she did with that sledgehammer. I will never look at a damn 2 by 4 or a piece of wood the same way again after I've seen that feature. Because all of a sudden, duh, duh, crack! Ooh. Still gives me the shivers to this day. But man, I mean, like, she, she had authority on them. And believe it or not, they made a parody of this in one of my favorite animated shows growing up called The Critic with Jay Sherman. Like, the second episode, like, I have never seen another Critic episode as dark as that damn second episode where it was called Miserable. And you can probably watch it on, like, any of the outlets that are on the internet. But, uh, man, after you see that, it's like, gee, am I watching the same show? Or, like, um, how far is this going to go? Now, for you younger J360 Legionnaires, I wouldn't want you to watch any of that stuff because that stuff could be, like, you know, an eye-opener in one aspect but you're going to be staying up all night and your parents will probably be firing up the hotline saying, Jay, why the hell did you even make that episode? And it's like, well, you know, this is the Monster Fest and um, be a parent and tell them that, you know, yeah, monsters exist. See, things like that. I mean, after all, back in the day, they used to tell scary fairy tales all the time to make sure their children will behave. So what's your excuse? You know what I'm saying? But. The thing is, is that the reason why these people exist is because they don't have any control over their lives. Oh, I mean, they're afraid of that kind of stuff. And for those of you kind of people out there that are saying, well, I'll call my stalker a stalker. I mean, yeah, sure, that's what they're doing. But it's much like in the same way, like how you got a racist person, you don't call them a racist because they'll velmingly deny it. The same thing applies to a stalker. If you call a stalker a stalker, you're only making them mad. And at the t- same time you're making them mad, here comes the increase of indignation where the increase in indignation where they'll go ahead and they'll take it out on you again. And then you just know that at that point, you got to think of that level you're willing to take. Now, I know a lot of y'all don't want to take a life, but you see the thing about it is that person has no problem trying to destroy or take yours and mess with anything like terrorize your kids, terrorize your pets, um, smash, smash around things that are precious to you like break into your home some there have been cases where stalkers would break into their stalkies home and they will stay there and sit around for a long time just to get a you know case view of everything like know where everything is in your house and like bug some stuff with um you know audio visual techniques so they can see everything Mm-hmm. and it only gets crazier as we get the rise in technology too because See, people are all hacking into stuff. So, like, all this stuff is real. Like, even as I'm doing the show right now, I'm sure there's a camera watching me, and I'm watching it, and I'm giving it a thumbs up right now because at the same time, I don't care. Come as you are. But if you come and be as ignorant as can be, only one person's leaving the room, and I guarantee it's me. Now, 
<laughs> but you see, what denotes a stalker? Well, sometimes what denotes a stalker is, is usually people you know. Like 80% of the time, these are people that they know. There is that rare 20% where the person doesn't know you, but the thing about it is, they know you in some sort of form, because if they see your face, or if they see, like, say, like, if you're broadcasting and live streaming all over the place, they know technically who you are, and the information that you divulge. You see what I'm saying? Like, some people have these mannerisms on how they do things. And, of course, you know, the state government has its own way of handling stalking. Not well entirely. But the thing about it is, is that every single one of them has it. And it's not good for anybody. Like, I'm sure some of you out there are probably getting stalked by people you work with, or people that you were once married to, or people that you once dated, or somebody that thought that they were on a date when you were really just in a study group. Little things like that. You know? And it doesn't take much. But here's the thing, just be prepared for stuff. You know what I mean? Like, let your trust grow over time on this kind of person. If you see, like, how somebody is just trying their darndest to take control of something that you've been working on for quite some time, you knew you had to fire him. Which, based on a true story, by the way. Oh, I fired his behind. Never came back, never bothered me again. And I'm always like this. I'm not going to let my emotions get in the way of anything if I can rationally look at this. And at the same time, combine the two and say the action needs to be taken. See what I'm saying? That's what some of you have to look into from time to time. But as I go into some of these movies that have happened... Oh, which, by the way, you know what? If you're married... Hey, hey, remember, you're married, okay? If you have a loveless marriage, then you and the missus need to go do something... Leave the kids with the aunt and the uncle. Well, I don't know, considering if the uncle's a pedophile or whatever, don't do that. But but take a, take a jump and leave your kids with somebody that you really can trust. Because here's the thing. If you are married, you should not be running around flirting with other people entirely. And if you are, and if the wrong example's out there, just be a man or a woman about it and just say, you know what, I apologize for giving the wrong signal. This is where a stalker is actually a victim from time to time. Because, you know, you make it seem so nice and you make it seem so great. And that person wants that attraction. But but if you're leading them on and they find out, oh, your ass is in trouble. And you deserve every pinnacle of it. Because the sanctity of marriage should be preserved. And you're just ruining somebody else's status quo. Because somebody else was probably looking into a whole different person until you came along and started doing the flirt game and breadcrumbing and whatnot. Yeah, this is the antithesis to the other type of stalking I was telling y'all. If you're in a committed relationship or married, you should not be doing this stuff in the first place because what Michael Douglas went through in Fatal Attraction is a damn stark reminder of why you don't do what you do. You should not be creating affairs, especially with, with potential clients that you work with. You know, I could put disclosure up there because the meme more was just crazy as hell, but... These certain thrillers I'm throwing at you, you guys got to check them out from time to time because there is real grounding to this. Now, I don't expect, like, Glenn Coase to come up and um, take this huge knife and try to gut you with it in your bathroom, but she was coming after the wife to get rid of her. You know, it was wild because she cooked the girl's rabbit. I mean, no, she cooked the daughter's rabbit, took the daughter on a joyride, 
through an amusement park and stuff and, and had the mom so worried that the mom almost got killed in the accident and pretty much ruined Michael Douglas's marriage, even though Michael Douglas was at fault for most of, if about, let's say, 75% of this because he did the deed and the woman just went through every single speculation horror just to mess with the man. But if you haven't seen Fatal Attraction, you need to see it. Because at that point, I guarantee, back in those days when people saw that movie, oh, everybody was like, I am faithful to my wife. I am all about the way of doing things. I will never go through that again because I don't want no crazy blonde woman coming in and stabbing me and everybody else. I mean, that is the original cause of I will not be ignored. That is exactly what she said in that voicemail. And she, <laughs> and you know how crazy she was becoming because it was there. Like, sure, she gave the impression that she was fun-filled, which, by the way, you got to read between the lines on that. She gave the impression that she was, you know, full of life, fun-filled, bohemian in such a way. But as soon as Michael Douglas, you know, did the in-out in-out to her, all hell went loose. Because, see, they had a good time. I mean, the guy was in a loveless marriage. He just wanted to get out and have a little fling. If, if that was the case, he should have had a call, girl, because, hey, it was like, what was it? it was like early 80s late 90s stuff like that. no early 80s um well either way i want to say yeah i want to say it's during that time where you know businessmen are usually having a call girl and doing what they got to do but the truth is is that he knew it was going to come back to bite him in the ass and then he went on his friend's advice about having an affair too so i got to give that that a little bit of a look into but the thing about it is is there's ways of going ahead and you know, getting those wild urges taken care of, you know, and I'm not suggesting it, but I think a lot of y'all know what I mean when I say, you know, go make some pancake batter. Now, the truth is, like, was, was Michael Douglas really the victim or was Glenn Close the victim? And then there was a point where Glenn Close, just to get sympathy out of the guy, she tried to knife herself, you know, she tried to slit her wrist, I should say. And try to bleed out. He put a stop to it, but still at the same time, the way she grinned at him in that scene after after he was done with her. Or no, no, no. He stopped her that first time and stayed with her. I got both of the scenes mixed up because they were kind of similar. But, um, yeah, he stopped her from doing it, stayed with her that night. See, that's control right there. Um, another time, told her, told him that she was pregnant with his child. But she really wasn't. She was just doing that to control him. And he mentioned getting an abortion, which was, you know, a hot topic then as it is now. And she wasn't going to go through with it. And then later on said she miscarried and that it was all his fault. And then after a while, stalked to the point where the wife was in a car accident and she knew. She knew what she did. And he knew that it was her that did it went over to the apartment and started fighting with her on this whole thing. Like, literally fighting. Like, I don't know if you can film a sequence like that nowadays. But, as soon as it happened, and and they were done, because he was about to kill her, and he backed away. He gained control of himself, backed away. But she was grinning at him the whole time. Like, you know, go on movie clips, or hell, just get the whole movie and check it out. But Fatal Attraction is something that you should look into. Now, whether it's a horror movie or not, I mean, sometimes you got to think of the aspect. Like, it doesn't have, you, you, there are different kinds of monsters in our lifetime. Fatal Attraction is a damn good thriller, so you should just check it out. I'm putting it on the list. I don't care what any of you say. 
But it's just it's just like, you know, if you're in a marriage or if you're in a committed relationship, and I mean deep commitment, or you're engaged, you should not be doing these sort of things. Stop yourself right there. Keep it platonic. Go make batter. That's all you got to do. Some of you ladies are notorious for this as well. It's not just men. It's some of y'all too. But even though the factors show that, uh, according to this website anyway, that most stalkers are men, there are women stalkers too. And you see, when it happens on the other side of the spectrum, it's a little harder for men to come up and speak that they're being stalked. Because they'll be mocked by their peers, or they'll be treated like, oh, they're not really a man because they're not handling it. I mean, you know, gender barriers do apply in this. And then there's the double standard where, you know, like the law enforcement will be like, oh, oh, hey, big man. <laughs> oh, she gonna really hurt you? Another good example is a thin line between love and hate with Martin Lawrence in there. Now, he knew. See, he was single too, but still at the same time, he knew that woman was crazy. Lynn Whitfield lost her damn mind in that movie. Like, when she didn't, she made him his stuff, she gave him money to go ahead and be the man or whatever, you know, be the image of the man rather than be a man. Because he was, he was a broke hustler. He wasn't really making as much money as he did. But he was, like, using the woman to get what he wanted. See, that's the sin right there. You know, he's pretty much exploiting her weak mentality on this thing. And she thought he legitimately loved her. And I'll tell you this, right? Didn't happen. When he didn't show up for the dinner that Lynn Whitfield made, Lynn Whitfield, like, smashed that food out. And she made his life a living hell after that. Because, see, at that point, Martin Lawrence was re-falling in love with an old girlfriend. Now, that happens. You know, like, I can understand being the new person trying to go into a relationship. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't work out because... You know, maybe that person has familiarity to that other person, so they're going to go back to it. They're going to try again. They're going to do all this stuff. Life's not fair. But remember, all's fair in love and war, right? Well, here's the thing. Be prepared for the war at that point, because when you got people who are not used to rejection and they're not able to move on, which, like, you know, quite a lot of people are not, it's going to come back on your doorstep one way or another, either as a hunk of crap or a dead animal or something that is precious to you outside of that dead animal, like your car. Like your car getting keyed and the windows smashed in along with the tires not being tires anymore but flats. Oh, yeah. And at that point, you got to be like, well, um, um, they're stalking me, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. It could be a two-way street from time to time. You need to atone for what you did. And I don't think an apology, a simple apology, is going to help you this time. But... That's when you look at it from those sort of perspectives. Now, do you say, like, the stalker's the victim, or do you say the stalkee's the victim? Uh, I mean, cause the, could the stalkee be the victim because they have a better argument? Could the stalker just go too far and could have went about it another way? I mean, at the end of the day, it gets really complex from time to time because sometimes you just don't know. And when double standards come into play and people are not giving equal time for all this kind of stuff, like hearing out on who's really victimized the most here, because in the end, that's kind of what it is. But when litigation gets involved, you always ask and be like, you know, they, they have to make that assumption. They have to make that, you know, in the end, it's their call on it. And it's just um, to a point where I'm like, wow, even now with all this Me Too stuff, even now with 
all these real, real issues happening before us. Our society, for all the rules and things that it enforces, handles it wrong. You know what I mean? Of course, now you got mob mentality and people coming after you on social media like they're appointed to do these things. And they'll go ahead and they'll say, oh, well, um, oh, oh, he, he did it because I, I just don't like him and, and I have confirmation bias about it and, and, and he's a criminal and, and, and all, I, I'm still grasping at straws, I'm still trying to make this happen, but I have an argument, it's just not good enough and, and, and this person is responsible for all of it. That can go both ways too. But you see a lot of that nowadays because, you know, it's just so easy to do. You gotta fact check stuff. You gotta really critically think on these issues. And then when you see like certain movies, like from all these horror films and all these thrillers that are out here, and the actual grounding behind it, you know, it's it's not too far from the truth. So you have to kind of be careful who you associate with, and you have to be aware of where you stand as a person. And if you have a feeling that something's not right, or that you know there's something with abuse or you're being sheltered into something or shoehorned, pigeonholed or whatever it is or being mistreated in any sort of form by these people that claim to be on your side about stuff you know and I mean critically think about it it's all true I mean your your intention like your intuition will not lie to you unless you trained it that way but you see not everybody's your friend and right there with these stalkers, you know that. But you see the thing is, they know your ticks. They know how to push your buttons. They know how to, you know, what you're irritated about and what you love the most. And they're going to use that to kind of pound you into submission and say, you know what? Now that we got that, you're going to do everything I say. Otherwise, I'm going to ruin every piece of you to the point where there's nothing left. And there's not a thing you can do about it. No, there really is. So let them have that delusional moment when they say that. Because if you're the one person like me who does not care and just knows that, hey, one way or another, two people in this room, I'm not going alone. I'm going to be the one walking out or I'm not going alone. And that's what you got to start thinking of. Because that person doesn't care at that point. And you see, as we all exist here and look about, like, as I say, I'll go into the more theatrical monsters later on as we keep doing the special, but right off the bat, I'm going to go ahead and take out those real-world examples to you all. And the thing about it is, watching your back has a whole strong meaning nowadays. You might as well watch your front, too, and keep an eye on like who's texting you on your phone, because it could be somebody out there who claims that they're on your side, but... um. The thing about it is, they are not. The thing about it is, they might, they might make dummy profiles to go ahead and go against you. The thing about it is, they may go ahead and say, you know what? Yeah, I just don't like the way this new J-Man episode's going. So I'm going to go ahead and try to speak my mind about it one way or another. Make sure he doesn't make any more of them. Or at the same time, you know what? I, I'm feeling dejected on the cyclone, so I think I'm going to go ahead and, and try to ruin the show the best way I can. Because if I'm not on the show, there is no show. Stuff like that. Those are real life examples I threw at you, by the way. Truth is, I don't give a damn. I'm going to have my fun. I'm going to live my life. I choose life. I don't, li- I don't live in fear of submission. 
And the same thing goes for a lot of you. A lot of you shouldn't live in fear of submission either. And then, you know, as you rise, you know the con artists, you know the liars, you know these people because you've seen them before. They've been in your house, they ate your food, they drunk your wine, they know all this stuff. So, as I get to the bare minimum of it all, it's just that, you know, stalking is very real. It exists. And as I'm doing the Monster Fest right now, could be one behind you. I know, I was grasping at straws for that one, but... The thing about it is, just be aware, be safe, and when you look at a movie, and you know you've done some moral wrong here, <laughs> try to atone for it. Because if you go ahead and you tell your significant other that, yeah, I cheated on you, and all this yada yada yada, and stuff like that, and she beats the living crap out of you, just remember you deserved it, because it's better for that person that, you know, you have that strong connection with, to beat the crap out of you, than it would be for... That other person that you dejected coming at you with a nice Glock in hand and just ready to just, you know, pop a cap in you. See what I'm saying? And then that's all you. But, you know, as, as it is, it's it's hard, like, looking at some of this stuff and seeing, like, how many times this happens and, like, how the resolution behind it sometimes lead to that factor. Now, I know a lot of y'all are saying, there's another way, there's another way, there's always a better way. Uh, name a few. And you can name a few by sending me something on the email or on the hotline. And the information for all that will be down here in the description of the show. But man, yeah, it's getting getting harder to read this stuff. But here's the thing. If you feel as though you're at the end of your rope and you're thinking of committing suicide, don't do it. Suicide is not the answer for anything. And it darn sure isn't the answer for people that have a horrible, a horrible way of going about love and attraction. You see what I'm saying? So don't let this happen to you. Stand your ground. Fight your way out. Don't allow yourself to be a victim. Matter of fact, if you're already a victim, it's time to get out of that mindset. Stand up for what you believe. And you choose life. Okay? Now, that is this episode We're going to move on to something a little different. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking it's either next week or it's the third week of this month. You're getting a double special of MonsterFest episodes. And we're going to lean more into the actual horror of things, too. You know, we're going to lean into more of the movies that I've been watching. I've been watching the Goosebumps series all over again. I'm thinking about going back to Tales of... No, I did Tales of the Dark Side last year. So I'm going to go ahead and move forward into other things. Such as, like, actually, there's a new Twilight Zone series coming, and there's also another series that's based on Creep Show coming out, too. So, we're going to look into more of the fantastical elements of things and the occult, and we'll also look into cult thinking, I'd say, for episodes 74 and 75. Yeah, actually, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So, 74, we're going to be talking about the supernatural. 75, we're going to be talking about cults. And then, oh, I got something special for you for the double special, which is redundant, but you'll deal with it. But until then, I want you all to take care of yourselves and, you know, don't don't live in fear is what I'm saying. But, you know, just be aware of who you hang out with, okay? All right, and that ends this episode of The J-Man Show. This is Jay signing off. So you all take it easy, okay? Peace.